This is Barkcast. You ain't nothing but a hound. On each episode of Barkcast, your questions will be answered by professional, senior trainer and owner of Canine Point Academy, Russell D. Russell. Hi Russell, how's your week been here at Canine Point Academy? It's been good mate, thanks for asking. Excellent, right. We've had an email come in cool. from Richard. Now, Richard, listen to our podcast about recall where we were saying that's the most important part yes. of um, training that a dog should have. Or you, you said it was recall was the most important training a dog should have. He's asked a question, could we go through the steps of recall? As in... Like how think, to do it. Yeah, how yeah. To, I guess yeah. so, yeah. Okay. Russell, how do we uh, recall? <laughs> yeah, how do we teach recall? Okay, uh, a lot of this will also depend on the, uh, not just the breed of dog or the type of dog more, but their, their inherent drive. I like to use things like food and toys. And if I've got a dog that really, really likes food and toys, this is a really good outlet to use. Russell, you use the word drive quite a lot. What do you, and, and you have explained it, I, I guess, food and toys. So it, it, it's, it, it's more about their uh, drive and focus, their ability to really tune in. So you'll notice from your own dog, if you offer him some cheese or some hot dogs, he'll be kind of like, meh, not really bothered about that. So his drive and focus level for that is very low. Whereas if you start rough and tumbling and play fighting with him, he just kind of goes bananas and goes through the roof. That's what he really, that's his like, wow, that's my wow moment. With Kay, my German Shepherd, yeah, she was okay with food. But if you had a ball, oh my God, that was, that's what I'm in for. And most dogs, definitely not all, most dogs will have some element of drive, usually for food, primary resource, very often for toys or my attention, play fight, whatever it is. It'll be something that motivates the dog. So the first step is discovering what your dog, your particular dog's drive is. Really, what do they light up for? Okay. What motivates them? What gets them, gets their juices flowing? Because if I have that, then I can use as a reward for doing what I need them to do. Number two a leash and i can either use a standard six foot leash normal training leash that i would use to begin with because if i can get my dog to come back to me from you know four five six feet away going 20 30 50 feet becomes easier that's a long leash to have though 40 or 50 feet yeah i do use long lines and we'll we'll come on to those in a second in terms of the, the first step it's literally a case about walking around with my dog letting them have a sniff or as long as my dog is engaged with anything but me I'll take one or two steps backwards, say, hey, Rover, come here. And if they turn and say, oh, where have you gone? And come running back to me. I then present whatever it was that motivated them in the first place. That bit of cheese, the ball, the tug toy, or me giving them a massive fuss. Where would you do that? I'll start in the house because the house is completely distraction free. You'll do this once, maybe twice, and you'll find the dog is just following you around the house. They're not being distracted by anything else. They're like, you've got my toy, you've got my food, you're already full of beans and energy, which I can get some of that, great, I'm just going to follow you around. Perfect. And then I might go into the garden if I have one, or just the driveway, or just into the road outside, not into the road, but (laughs) on the the pavement just outside my house. Everywhere I go with my dog, I'm doing this. Every time I take my dog for a walk, and sorry, what was our emailer's name? Richard. Richard, sorry. Richard, every time you take your dog for a walk, have in your mind, you want to practice recall probably 200 times <gasps> sharp intake of breath oh sorry I'll how do, do i sharp. possibly do that I'll, I'll do that for you hold on <gasps> it's a lot isn't it that is a lot absolutely but again when we think recall we think 
my dog is 500 yards away. There's lots of distractions. Someone with a peanut butter sandwich, kids, tennis balls, frisbee, and I'm trying to get my dog to come back to go home. And I would jump in, and generally, you only recall your dog when, when you need it. Yeah, right? not just randomly. Just randomly, yeah. And again, as I've discussed ad nauseum on this podcast, that you just have to work with this all the time. So every time you're out for a walk and your dog's having a little sniff of a tree, step back, call him to you. He comes back to you, he gets a tree and a fuss. Go back to sniffing whatever he was sniffing. And this is on the six foot-ish yeah, line. Yeah, you can use your six foot leash. As your dog gets really good with it, you can then switch to either a long line or what I call a drop line, which is just a long, thin leash that I literally can just drop on the floor. So my dog can sort of mosey 10, 15 feet further in front. But if I need to, I can either hold the very end of it or I can just drop my foot on the leash. Sorry, I jumped in then. Uh, so we got to point two. Which is being on the leash. Which is being on the leash and just calling them back yep, 200 times. Loads and loads or more. Loads and loads of rep- repetition is key with this. And starting somewhere where there's less distractions. Yeah, and which would be the same for any behavior. But yeah, certainly for this, it's just about showing them coming to me is rewarding. Always. Doesn't matter what's going on. It's always rewarding. The additional benefit is, and where we often make mistakes with recall, we've been out for a walk. It's been half an hour. I'm now trying to get Rover back to me. It's a struggle. It's a faff. I finally get hold of him and I either punish him for not coming back to me in the first place or if nothing else, he gets put on leash and taken home. So coming back to me is the end of play. It's the end of fun. And ultimately, you look very angry. Why would I want to come back to you in the first place? So by doing it this way, A, I've got the leash so I'm in control. I don't need to stress. Number two, I'm doing endless repeats of a come to me b get reward c get bonus reward i get to go play again or go sniff again and do my own thing and that happens one or two or three hundred times every time i go for a walk and so you would do that at the start of the walk or all the way through the walk okay all the way through and particularly once you start once you start using long lines and the dog now is getting 15 20 feet in front and i'm calling them back to me the added bonus for you as a dog owner in this is your dog is going to cover an awful lot more ground on your walk than you are because they're going to run out in front. They're going to come running back to you. They'll go running back out again and it's back and forth, back and forth. Brilliant for teaching them effective recall. Side bonus is they'll be a little bit more exhausted because that's just a little bit more running and a bit more ground that they've covered on any given walk. The other thing to do with practicing recall is most people want to take the dog for a walk and the dog is sniffing something, either they're sniffing it for too long or it's something I don't want them to put their nose into. Pile of poo, rubbish, whatever. In both those instances, our normal reaction is just to tighten the leash and yank the dog away from whatever it was. All you're doing here is teaching the dog to drive into those things quicker and harder because they know what's coming. You're going to pull me away. So I would rather let them go and do it. And I would use that distraction that's happened across us to teach my dog to come back. So as soon as they're about to put their nose in that pile of poo, hey, Rover, come over here. And I can call him back to me. And if the dog decides, no, actually, this is too distracting. I want to sniff this. I can use my leash and I can guide them back to me. So again, as we've discussed before, behavior with reward, I'll do it again. No reward or consequence, I'll stop. If I come back to you, I get a reward. Oh, and bonus i get to go and sniff that pile of poo again result whereas if i ignore you i get guided away from this anyway and i have to come to you 
I appreciate you teaching us, Russell. You I'm don't a, want your dog to go and sniff a pile of poo. No, I don't know if that's <laughs> the best analogy, really. To, to it, let no, it is a good one because if you simply drag your dog away every time, every time they come across something they want to smell, whether it's something you want them to or not, they're going to drive into it. Whereas if you allow them to wander up to it and just before they put their nose on it, hey, Rover, come here, buddy, and call him to you. The fir- and then he comes to you, he gets a treat, and hey, no, off you go, go sniff it again. I don't care. I'm drawing zero attention to that thing over there. And as he goes back towards it, he's about to put his nose on it. Hey, Rover, sorry, buddy, come back here. He comes back to me, gets another treat and a big fuss. So all of a sudden, the third or fourth time, you say, hey, go back to it. He's like, well, I'm not really bothered about that now. Have you ever walked a dog in the new forest, Russell? Yes. Have you ever seen a dog go up to a pile of horse yes. poo-poo? My They're going to eat it. Yeah, they'll either they eat, eat it or eat roll it. in it. And if yeah. you ask me which is better, I would say eat it, because <laughs> rolling it takes a lot of washing. For some background here, both Kay and Sassy, when I first had them, we were in the States, we were on a ranch. They loved, and I mean loved, eating fresh cow poo, which gets annoying, okay? But through just doing this endlessly, lots of recall drills, A, it teaches a really effective recall, and equally, when we're out for a walk, and now I see them sort of, oh, there's a cow poo, let me wander towards it, a quick case, hey, ask, come on, let's go. She can drop it, leave it, and walk on with me. Don't shout at me for this next bit. <laughs> <laughs> but you are making owning a dog... Sound very easy? No, not sound very easy. And owning a dog and going for a walk sound like a lot of hard work. Good. No, I know you're going to say good, but is there... An easy a, way of doing it? A balance between... And I've been walking with you, mm-hmm. and, and I've seen you when you've had dogs that you've been training and you are constantly you walk five steps come here john <laughs> don't know why i use john <laughs> come here steve and then another five steps come here john come here yeah, steve yeah. and it's i'm endless. midway through conversation yeah. with you trying to have a nice walk while maximus has gone somewhere and i have no <laughs> idea where he is to be totally honest with you there has to be a social point of owning a dog and going for a walk so would you do this recall when you say you have to do it every time are there times when you're out with a social walk that you don't have to do it as as militant yeah. as, I'm, as I'm describing it. So I'm trying to give you perfect world. This is how you get your bulletproof recall done. That's what Richard's asked. What are the steps? How do I get to that? Because that's what I want. I want my dog off leash. I can go to the new forest, wherever, go for a walk and say, Rover, come back. Whatever he's doing, he comes back. You make an excellent point, which is, yep, but sometimes I just want to let the dog run around. I just want my dog to be off leash and just let themselves go. Or yeah, I'm hang out with some friends i just want to have a chat or go for a walk together and, and i don't have the time i've had a hard day at work i don't want to do this and i understand that the important part here is there's no quick fix there's no easy way to do this and actually a little red flag here for anyone that's got a puppy and is sitting here saying actually i tell you what we don't need any of this recall training for our puppy because my puppy comes back every single time haven't really trained it it just comes back it's brilliant that's a red flag. Trust me, six to nine months, that's going to go off a cliff. Work your recall now. Going back to your point, in terms of if I'm letting my dog off leash and I know I necessarily can't call him back, don't try. Rover come here as they're running off to the blue yonder just teaches them Rover come here means I get to do what I want because that's being rewarded right now. So if you're not in control, you're not in control. So what you mean by that is, when, <laughs> I'll use Maximus. So when Maximus has flew off somewhere, as he does, and then I'm shouting, Maximus, Max. Maximus, come back, come back. Don't do that. Correct. 
because you're driving energy and attention to the behavior that he's eliciting, which is to chase that bird or run off into the into So the what would I do at that point? So Nothing. Maximus is gone. Well, I just, have to just wait for him to come back when he comes back, give him praise? Dogs have got one second to relate, to relate cause and effect. So if he's been gone for 20 minutes and you're super frustrated, like, oh my, and he comes trotting back to you, hey, buddy, you're the best dog in the world because that last second was you coming to me. What usually happens is the dog gets punished in that moment because you should have come back 20 minutes ago. So again, well, why would I come back to you? Because you're just going to punish me. So it has to be, you've come back, you're the best dog in the world regardless. It was my fault for letting you off leash in the first place, knowing that this could happen. That's a very key point. It's the owner's fault. It's, it's, and it sounds tweet, but it invariably is our fault for putting ourselves in that situation. So in terms of how do I balance or square that circle of I want my dog off leash to run around, but I want to have control. You can't have both necessarily and certainly not at the beginning. So if I've let my dog off and they've gone herring along down the path, I might whistle, you know, happy shout, yo, where are you going, buddy? And I'll turn and walk off the other way. And at some point, my dog looks up and goes, oh, hey, hang on, where are you going? They come bolting after us because now we're essentially running away from them. They might do a drive by once they catch up to us, but I'm going to just walk back and forth and let them sort of run around me. And at some point when they come to me, I can, yes, here's a treat, off you go again. Yes, here's a treat, off you go again. So coming to me is actually kind of a cool thing in my playtime. And on the 18th time they've come to me for their treat, I just quickly put the leash back on and that's a nothing. And I guess, um, and what I've done with Maximus as well, is take him to a safe place such as Canine Point Academy in your little beach club area yeah, where I can just let him off yes. and he can run around. He's not going to run and then, yes, too far. And you're not worried about the And the I'm recall. not worried yeah. and I can sit and then talk to you and actually have a conversation with you without you every five steps going, come back here, Rover. Yeah, come back here, Rover. The other thing for Richard is to utilize these as games. Again, using a long line. Dog runs off 10, 15 feet in front. I'm saying, hey, Rover, come back. And as Rover turns to come back to me, I'm now running off in the other direction. So now the dog isn't just coming back to me. They are actually actively chasing me. It's much easier for you to get the dog to chase you than you to chase the dog. You're never going to win that one. So if they're chasing me, I'm, and particularly if you've got a dog with high prey drive, you're now a moving object, moving target. I want to chase that. That's fun. And as they come to me, they get to me, I can reward and engage. Okay, free. Off you go again. And they go herring off 10, 15, 20 feet. Hey, Rover, come back. Foot on the leash if I need it or I can hold the end. They decide to ignore me. I can guide them. There's consequence and I can make them come back. Off they go again. Call them straight back. They come back. Reward, fuss, engage. Off you go. And it does sound militant, it sounds relentless, and in the beginning, if you do it right, it is. But you'll see very quickly over time, you'll be saying, hey, Rover, come here quickly, and they'll, come, they'll drop whatever they're doing to come back to you, because they know all I'm doing is coming back, maybe having to sit, I'm going to get a treat, and I get to go back and have a run again and do whatever it was I was doing. See, on this one, I, I agree with you. Put in the hard work now, because having a dog that just comes back to you is... It I, is just brilliant. It's, it's the most important thing for a whole variety, for your own sanity and also for the safety of the dog. The overarching thing I usually mention here is, and again, you'll notice because you've got kids. When people have kids, they're, particularly the first one, they're very militant with that child. They're very controlling about what that child can do, where it can go, how far away it can be from you on any given outing and so forth. It's, it's around us. And over time, as the child gets older and bigger and stronger, it earns more freedom to go and explore and do its own thing because we're now confident in our child's capabilities. We get a dog, we get a puppy, we do it in a completely the opposite order. 
we let that puppy just do whatever it wants and roam free and just learn all the bad things. And over time, we're now trying to grasp that freedom back. And of course, that's going to be a problem because, well, I've always enjoyed this freedom. Why are you saying I can't have it now? Do it the other way around. And the dog learns engaging with you, being with you is rewarding. It's fun. It means more freedom for me. It's in my interest to do it. Cool. Thanks very much. Thanks very much. Cheers, Russ. Bye. Bye. If you're looking for professional training or somewhere to board your dog, either short or long term, then check out Canine Point Academy. That's caninepointacademy.com or go to Facebook and search Canine Point Academy. BarkCast was created and produced by Shark 13 Productions. If you are looking to start a podcast or would like to learn more about how a podcast can work alongside your current marketing plans, then contact us now at j at shark13productions.com.